Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Coming up today on The Story. I thought there were many paths to this one God. Um, But as I looked into it, I realised that we're not all worshipping the same God. You know, that's definitely something that the world believes, that it is one God. You know, I would sort of challenge your listeners in some ways to, to do their own research into that. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today we have one about a deep longing for and search for the truth. Gwenda Jayawadena became deeply involved in the New Age movement in her young adult years, but she says there was still something missing in her life. She's sharing her story with Shelley Scullin. Tell us the story of your life. Uh, we'll get soon to uh, where you started to dabble in, in some New Age thinking, but you were actually brought up with a Uniting Church background. Yes, that's right, yes. Um, I attended Uniting Church probably till uh, my late teens. Um, yeah, it was a great foundation, actually, and um, ended up getting married in the church that I uh, went to as a child. So, yeah, quite a connection there. Oh, that's lovely too, and I think there's something quite sentimental about getting married in the church that you've been brought up in. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yes. It's a beautiful old church too, so yeah. a lot of people still recognise it when they drive past. Oh, wow. You say that you were brought up with that Uniting Church upbringing, and you're obviously very thankful for that, but God really wasn't your number one priority for many years, was he? No, I think um, I like I knew about God and, and about Jesus as, as a person, but I really didn't understand what having a personal relationship was with him. So, uh, yeah, as I got towards the end of my, my teen years, I, I kind of drifted away from church and um, just basically went to church at Easter time and, and Christmas, like I guess a lot of people do. Mm. Um, yeah, so it wasn't until later on in life that, um, I, yeah, I really came to understand what it meant to have that personal relationship with Jesus, and um, he's certainly transformed my life uh, ever since he, um, yeah, revealed himself to me in that way. Well, let's hear that story. I mean, you kind of got more involved in a church after the birth of your first child. You were quite keen to find a church to get involved in, which is interesting. I guess you were keen from the beginning to pass your faith on to your kids. Yes, um, because I had grown up going to Sunday school, like, I just got so much out of it, and I had good good memories of that. Um, it was a very small Sunday school, but I really still had good memories of that time, and it was definitely something that I wanted to expose my children to, and, um, yeah, just to be able to teach them the foundations of, of faith in Jesus Christ. Mm, yeah, and that's great. So you ended up finding a church then? Yes, yes, I did. Um, An interesting way of going about it, but um, my husband and I basically went to quite a few different churches in the area that we live now, Um, and we just came to one particular church, and it it really felt like that was where God wanted us to be. So, uh, yes, that was back in 2003 that we started attending there, and we still go to that church, and uh, it's just been a wonderful time of of growing in His Word and... um, yeah, just having him transform us during mm. that time as well. It really does make a, a big difference, doesn't it, to yes. have a, a good church family and getting some good teaching to 
fill you up. Yes, exactly. Yes, and I, you know the fellowship is such a an important aspect as well. Um, just having those connections with people, particularly if you go through tough times, to know that you have a church family uh, behind you as well is um, it's very comforting, and you really see the body pull together. Um, and just, yeah, really be Jesus' hands and feet during those times as well. Mm. But it was actually after you found this church, wasn't it, that you actually started to dabble in this new age kind of way of thinking? Uh, it was probably more after um, during after I'd left the church in my teen years. Oh, okay. There was almost like this vacuum in my life. Um, yeah, I guess I got caught up in, in the world and the worldly ways. Um, and I was, I, even even from high school years, I was interested in some of that new age thinking that's out there. Uh, I remember kind of, you know, when you're in your teens, you question, well, what is life all about? Um, where do all these different religions fit in? Uh, and I remember being interested in, in reincarnation as, as a topic, even back in high school age. So um, it was sort of something that I, I fell into, almost, not something that I sought out. So, uh, yeah, I sort of dabbled in a whole range of things, like feng shui and, and reiki. Uh, had to read the stars in the morning with the astrology. Mm. Just a whole range of things that um, is quite commonplace in the world today. Um, and a lot of people don't even think twice as to what it is and, and whether it's something that um, they should be dabbling in. What was it like for you when you were involved in those things? Did you get, I guess, fulfilment out of it? You say the reading the stars in the morning. Was it something that you found, you know, the things would come true in your life and so you wanted to know what would happen to you today? Or was, was there any real joy or fulfilment in what you were doing? There was definitely that element, I think, of almost feeling like I was in control of my life and like I could sort of create the future that, that I wanted to. Um, and, you know, certainly if you're reading the stars, like there would be times where it seemed like um, those things came true. And it's a, very, uh, it's a very easy trap to fall into, I think, where you can sort of read those things and create, I guess, it's, its own fulfillment in, in a lot of ways. But in terms of, um, like... Yeah, was I fulfilled as a person in dabbling all these in all these things? I really felt like there was still a void in my life, like it wasn't um, answering all the questions that I had about life. And um, yeah, there, there was definitely something still missing at the, I guess, at the the depth of who I was and why I was created. Mm. So, Gwenda, what was the pivotal point for you where you decided to leave that behind and follow Jesus? Mm -hmm. um, well, as I'd said um, earlier, I, we started going back to church as a family. My husband um, also had a faith background um, in the Catholic Church. And, um, yeah, it was through going to, going to church on a regular basis and listening to the sermons um, on that regular basis that... I really started to sort of question what, I guess, what um, my views were on, on Jesus and, and the validity of the Bible and, and where all the other religions fitted into all of that as well. And so, um, yeah, I really, there was one particular sermon where 
basically, Jesus challenged me in a lot of ways to see, well, have I put him first in all areas of my life? And really, it felt like it was the time for me to fully commit to him. Um, He took me on a huge journey. Like, it sounds like it was an overnight thing, but it really was uh, a journey which took some time. And in particular for myself, uh, I did a lot of research into the Bible and the validity of the Bible and also with regards to the New Age teachings and where they actually conflict with what the Bible says in its teachings as well. So it was um, a transformation, as I've said earlier, over a period of time. Mm. There are quite a few contradictions, I guess, uh, from quotes from Jesus and all throughout the Bible where he does say things like, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, where I guess you'd started thinking along the whole lines of, you know, we can all be God and, you know, everyone is a God and all Mm. roads lead to God. Oh, absolutely. And, um, yes, that was one of my beliefs earlier on that I thought there were were many paths to this one God. Um, But as I looked into it, I realized that we're not all worshipping the same God. Uh, And that's, you know, that's definitely something that the world believes, that it is one God. But, um, you know, I would sort of challenge your listeners in some ways to to do their own research um, into that, if that's an area that they've always believed in the past, to, to challenge that and and to do their own research into that, um, yeah, as to, well, is there more than one God out there and who is the one true God? And, of course, that's um, God revealed through his son, Jesus Christ, and, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. So you've said that you needed to make quite a few changes in your personal and your business life to get rid of that New Age thinking. What changes did you physically make? Um, well, I'd obviously amassed a huge collection of of books, um, a lot of personal development books, um, books to do with the New Age type of thinking. So it was, I guess, a, a gradual process of sorting through those and um, and getting rid of those. Um, but it was also an opportunity um, for God to, I guess, use the knowledge that I had collected from those years of being involved in New Age to actually educate other people about it. Um, And so I was given an opportunity through our local church uh, at their missions weekends to to be able to just do do that very thing, to be able to explain to people, well, what is the New Age movement? Um, And if we have family or friends involved in that, then how can we, um, I guess, educate them about that and... Um, move them away from that area towards um, belief and and faith in Jesus Christ alone. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful that you have used these things that you've been through uh, in order to help others that are still going through it and making other people aware of what it's like. Well, absolutely. Like, um, you know, God doesn't waste anything in our lives. He, he uses all the experiences and the things we've been exposed to uh, and he can use them for his greater good in ways that, um, you know, we can't even imagine at times. So, um, yeah, certainly nothing has been wasted from that perspective.
You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is having a chat with Gwenda Jayawadena. And as we've just heard, Gwenda had been deeply involved in the New Age movement before coming back to the Lord. Next, we'll hear about her work as a businesswoman and entrepreneur and how she's using her experiences and skills to share her faith with others. That and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is having a chat with entrepreneur and businesswoman Gwenda Jaywadena. As we heard before the break, Gwenda had been deeply involved in the New Age movement in her young adult years before coming back to the Lord. Now, she's using her knowledge to share her faith with others. You're obviously very passionate to learn more about your faith, but you're also keen to share it with others too. And you mentioned about how you shared at your church's missions conference, which is great to be able to pass on, I guess, the things that you've been through to make other people aware. Uh, You've been also quite involved in religious instruction in primary schools over the years too. Yes, yes. I've um, had the opportunity to teach um, some year fives at um, our son's local primary school. So been uh, able to teach them religious instruction and, and that was a wonderful opportunity uh, to be able to impact children who um, in a lot of ways may not even um, hear about Jesus and, and the Bible being spoken about um, in their own family environment. So it's definitely a privilege. We've seen some, some wonderful um, things take place in, in just the local primary school that, that we're involved with. Um, of how God has really worked into these young people's lives and, and they've even made decisions um, to, to ask Jesus into their lives as well. Wow. And that makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. On the flip side of you, you're also very, very entrepreneurial. I don't think there's anything you haven't done. <laughs> it's really quite amazing. Can you just give us a bit of a snapshot of the businesses that you've set up and the ministries and things that you've set up and are currently involved in? Yeah, sure. Um, well, when I um, went to university, I, I had great aspirations of becoming an accountant and um, I certainly became one of those, became a CPA. Um, but once I'd started having children, I, I really felt like I, I wanted to be um, able to work from home. And so my husband and I set up our own business um, in the early 2000s. And uh, yeah, we have done quite a few things. So we've uh, created our own accounting software package, primarily to help uh, home-based businesses. So mums and dads that have their own home-based business and still need to have their bass and financials done quickly and easily. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's called a click. Also, we had this vision, and I guess this was part of the New Age thinking in some ways, but it was also just our heart where we came across people that had certain passions and we really wanted to help to um, help them in the fulfilling their passions. So in particular, we uh, set up a, an organic fruit and vegetable business and um, we also set up uh, a horse and carriage business as well. So two very different industries, um, but they were run by two people who had a huge passion for those areas. And, and so that was, again, a real privilege 
to be able to run those with them. Wow. Um, yeah, so obviously, you know, things change in life and, and we no longer have those businesses, but it was um, certainly a very busy time in our lives um, and, yeah, very, I guess, fulfilling in, in some ways as well. Is there that much demand for horses and carriages these days? Uh, there's, in some ways, I would say no. It's a very costly business to be part of. Yeah. And obviously weather dependent yes. as well. So, um, yeah, it was also a business that very hard to tell with clientele as to whether you were going to have enough people coming through having wanting to have the rides or, or booking weddings yeah. to make it financially viable. And, of course, um, it was probably just before we sold um, the business that the uh, Hendra virus came oh. right through. So, uh, wow. you know, that was, I guess, God's providence in, in helping us to finish off that business at that mm. time as well. Wow. Our conversation is with Gwenda Jaya-Wardener. She's very entrepreneurial and they've also started a few ministries, one of those being a prayer group for your neighbourhood. I love this idea. Yes, yes, we started that a few years ago and um, basically anyone who has uh, Christian beliefs, it doesn't really matter what denomination they are, are welcome to come to our neighbourhood prayer meeting where we do just that. We pray for um, our neighbourhood and whatever else the Holy Spirit may put in our hearts to pray for as well. So um, often people from different denominational backgrounds, um, are, you know, some feel comfortable praying in, in that sort of environment, others not so. And so we're quite happy with that. Like some people come with a pre-prepared prayer, where, where, whereas others prefer to just pray on the spot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's wonderful just to see the growth of that group and, and the, the growth of the faith of the people yeah. that have been coming to that as well. It's such a wonderful idea, and I think, oh, it'd be great to start one of them at, at my neighbourhood. How do you go about setting it up? How do you find the other Christians in your area? Uh, well, obviously, we've been here for about 20 years now, so we've We've been very uh, proactive in developing relationships with our neighbours. So through conversations, we, we get to know about the people and, and whether they have a, a faith um, belief. Also, I think we in the early days, we did letterbox drops um, too. So it's, uh, it's one of those things like you just keep letting people know in the area and, and over time, you know, once people have an opportunity to get to know you a bit more or perhaps um, their work times have changed then they're able to come along in the morning and, and pray with us. Yeah, that's such a wonderful idea and I think it's something that a lot of us really should be trying to, I guess, set up in our own neighbourhoods as well to pray over your neighbourhood. Mm. We have these neighbourhood watch meetings in our area and I must say I've never actually gotten involved in that but the neighbourhood watch in terms of prayer, watching over your neighbourhood and asking the angels to watch over your neighbourhood. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that's just such a wonderful um, uh, initiative there. You've also got three kids and they're around primary school age, are they? Uh, I have one left in primary school and oh, then really? two in high school. So grades 11, 9 and 6. Wow, they're growing up. Oh, yes, very quickly. 
So after talking to you about all of these things that you're involved in, how do you fit everything in? How do you make time to do all of this stuff and still put God as number one in your life? Well, I guess I'm thankful firstly that um, all of these things haven't come at once. Um, that's definitely a lot of, of balls to, to, to try and juggle. But I, I think, particularly as I said before, just putting Jesus first um, in all areas of my life has, has made a huge difference. So just making that time um, to be still and, and to nurture that relationship with Jesus is so important. You say about making time to be still, and that really is a challenge. I know for myself as a parent of two little children, there mm. is no such thing as time to be still. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess there, there are some things that you can just do on the fly, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Um, first and foremost is, is to pray, and you don't need any particular time or place to do that. Uh, you know, if, even if you're just you're breastfeeding your baby um, or sitting in the doctor's waiting room, maybe just vacuuming the house or driving the kids to and from school, they're all amazing opportunities to um, to pray to our Father in Heaven. Actually, I have a friend, uh, their tradition is to pray every time they're at a red light and especially mm. when they're taking the kids to and from school. Um, so they do it with their kids and when they come to a red light, someone suggests someone or something to pray with, uh, to pray for, and uh, I think it's such a great initiative. Oh, yeah, and it's so simple to implement as well. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a great way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, there's, you've also made use of uh, podcasts as well while you're doing things around the house? Yes, podcasts, um, that's another easy way of, you know, once if you're making dinner, for instance, uh, if, you, if you're doing the vacuuming and you've got a portable um, iPod or, or something like that to, where you can listen to pod, podcasts, then you're, you're making good use of that time. Not only are you getting your house clean, but you're being fed with the word as well. So, that's, yeah, that's another simple thing that you can incorporate. Um, the other thing I love to do is, is to listen to worship music as well. And, um, you know, God can often speak to us through, through songs and, and the lyrics of those songs too. So uh, that's something else that, that I especially love to do. Mm, some really great tips in there from one very busy lady who still manages to find time with God. And I guess the, the big thing is too that if you just prioritize your devotional time, then everything else tends to fall into place. And if you don't prioritize your devotional time, then everything falls apart, doesn't it? Well, that's right. And um, particularly, I guess, being a, a student at theological college, I'm in the Word a lot, um, I guess from more of an analytical perspective, but mm. it's so important to, to make time to be in His Word uh, in, a, in that devotional sense as well and um, to really soak it in and, and ask God what it is that He wants to say to me through those readings. All right, so our challenge for today is to really get into the Word and make time, make sure we prioritize our devotional time with God uh, each and every day, not just today, but to take some steps to prioritize it uh, over the coming week, the coming month, and the coming year. We can do that, can't we? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> make time to sit at Jesus' feet. Yeah, yep. Well, Gwenda, it's been awesome talking to you today about your own spiritual journey. I guess you've been on a bit of a roundabout kind of way to get to God and now you've well and truly put your feet down and you're learning and being discipled in the Word. Thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much, Shelley. God bless. 
That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Gwenda Jayawadena, who was deeply involved with the New Age movement before going on a journey in search of truth. And of course, she found the ultimate truth in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now she's using her knowledge and skills as a businesswoman to set up new ministries and share her faith with others. But that's not all. Tomorrow, Shelley will have a chat with her husband, PJ, who was born in Sri Lanka, and we'll find out more of their story. Until then, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. The thing that really impacted me was when I was in year five, I had a gentleman teach me religious education. He actually was the sponsor um, Mr. Bill Kelly, he sponsored my family over in 1972 to Australia. Uh, Once I got baptised, I really felt the need to teach religious education in Year 5. I just love doing it, you know, I get to impact 100 kids each year. Dr PJ Jayawadena is a gifted business owner, but his passion is for providing for the poor and helping people experience true financial and spiritual freedom. He was born in Sri Lanka and spent time doing research in the Philippines. We'll hear his life journey next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. 